podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Scarlet Supporters Podcast. You can contact us on all the usual social media platforms or you can email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scarlet Supporters Podcast with me, Lee G. Joining me as always is Big M and Hugh Something. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> evening, bud. So uh, Hugh Flatcap has changed to Hugh Something this week. So Hugh, talk us talk us through why it's Hugh Something. Oh, he's got his Flatcap. <laughs> so uh, let's let's have a look. I mean, it's it's classic. You see what I mean, Mark, about the farmer look, about the country look. See, yeah, it's definitely there. You can't. I'm trying to see if you can see the Scarlet's badge. So this is the the short-lived Brad Moore flat cap. Um, Brad, if you come back, bring back your flat caps. Um, uh, has anyone worn a Scarlet's flat cap with an Argentina polo shirt before? I don't know, but let, let's claim I'm the first person ever. Yeah, it's a definite, unique combination. Hugh. So, where does Hugh something come from? What, where, what, what was Hugh something about this week? So, there's a uh, Ben Darwin who uh, formerly played for the Wallabies and is now the CEO of a rugby analyst, well, not just rugby, a sports analyst company called Gainline Gain Analytics. Um, and a couple of years ago, I think it was, it might have been whilst lockdowns were still on, he appeared on the Rugby Aotearoa podcast, which is like Rugby Passes New Zealand podcast. So quite a big podcast. And his, his big thing is all about cohesion in teams. And he's talking about uh, picking, you don't pick individuals, you pick combinations in teams and players who play together and you need to bed those guys in. So I watched this podcast. It completely changed how I think about selection in rugby teams. It completely changed how I view rugby teams. Um and so a couple of years later, when I started doing it on Twitter, I did a thread about how basically I, I made it about Wayne Pivak, but it wasn't that was more to get people's interest. It was mostly about how the last few years in terms of Wales's centre combinations have just been a complete disaster. And I do blame Pivak for that as much as I loved him and wanted him to get the Wales job and backed him for years. In hindsight, it didn't go well. Um so, yeah, I did this thread and it got quite a lot of traction on Twitter and it went about the place. And that was a couple of months ago now. Anyway, Ben Darwin went back on the Rugby Arturo podcast this week. And on that podcast, he was asked about Wales and he said, well, I know that they've got a lot of centre turnover because of uh, something this guy. And he went, uh, this guy, Hugh, something put on Twitter. And I was like, you know, people are like making fun of me. Like, he didn't even know your name, mate. And I'm like, are you joking? This guy, he's like a rugby stats god. Just name check me on one of the biggest podcasts in rugby. I'm absolutely losing my mind. <laughs> Did, you you change your... <laughs> Did you have to change your? Did you have to change your pants though? Did you have to go? Oh my god, that was too to much for me. <laughs> there was no pants changing. I was at work. I got tweeted by one of my um, one of my other Twitter friends saying, "Oh, I just heard you on the podcast, mate." And I was like, "What? What? Where?" <laughs> and so I got I got a couple of people pinging me about it, so that was nice. Ah, cool, cool. So Martin, top that. How's your week been? It's been great so far, other than the heat. Kids are back in school. I'm really happy. Had that tops at 100. You know, when you go when you got five kids, you know, getting rid of four of them, you know, straight away, boom, loving it. 
it's it's weird, isn't it? That first morning, and you're going like, I I I can hear the birds, and and I can hear cars in the distance. It's a it's a strange feeling after the summer, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not quite too peaceful for me yet. The youngest actually turns three tomorrow, so I'm still stuck with her at the minute, but uh, hoping to get rid of her in the new year too. But yeah, <laughs> oh, nice and relaxing. Cool. Well, talking of turning three or birthdays or anniversaries, we are officially 12 months old, gents. Um, it, it popped up on my on my Facebook memories earlier this week that... This time last year, we did our first one. And you were on that first one, weren't you, Matt? I haven't gone back and listened to it. I, I, I fear going back and listening uh, to it, I'll be honest. I don't think I was on the very first one. I think I, I think I, uh, you know, I hid away somewhere for the first week or two, and then I just made appearance once uh, Once I knew it wasn't, you know, as as bad as I thought it was going to be. Was, it just... was, the first, was the first podcast before or after the first game? Do you remember? Oh, long was it before. A preview? Yeah, it was before. Before oh, I think okay. last so the first episode. The first episode wasn't the draw with the Ospreys at home then, no. where you would have had your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did anyway. No, I think it was a couple of weeks before, and was it just me wittering on then? Yeah, I think it was just you to start because I think you you um, interviewed uh, Shusha. For the first oh, one. Oh yeah, I did some interviews. And and... It was, I think it's either one week or two weeks before the start of the community game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I got to get older Sush again because he's pretty much out for the season. He's done his knee, and he's um he's going to be sitting around doing bugger all. So um I'm going to give him a buzz and get him back on because he he knows stuff. He said he was going to have a good season last year, so we don't know that much. But you know, we we will get him <laughs> back on. So yeah, we are um a twelve months old. Uh, which so while while we're in the spirit of celebrating good things, I'm just gonna share this with, with listeners as well and we'll get on to rugby in a second. But um you might remember six weeks ago, I think it was, yes, coming up on six weeks. Um where I disappeared for a couple of weeks and I went into hospital. Well, I've had my results back now and so the stuff that they cut out was cancer so it was cancer um and it was riddled with the stuff but it hasn't spread it's nowhere else in me um they've done a, a bucket load of tests and all that kind of stuff so as far as they're concerned at the minute i'm cancer free um and yeah so i i was i was more than happy with that that was that was last week there was cake there was um celebrations there was fizzy pop of the alcoholic type kind um there was cuddling cuddling asbestos there was smoking cigarettes <laughs> yeah, yeah it was all, it was all sorts of stuff <laughs> but um uh, yeah so uh we're, we're still not officially out of the woods i've got to be monitored for god knows how long but as far as we're concerned right now um yes i am out of the woods and away we go so yeah so this this one we're going to put on on um youtube just to see how youtube goes so um th- th- this this is Idris. this is my wife's cardboard cutout of Idris. um for yes, no reason, really. It's it is a I bought it as a joke anniversary present or Christmas present or something like that. And just every now and again it'll 
will move him around and like leave him poking out the windows and stuff like that. And it's it's quite good fun. I suggest if anybody is wondering how to wind up the neighbors or scare the neighbors, get like a six foot life size cardboard cutout for someone, doesn't matter who, as long as it's realistic and you just put it in a doorway or something and let them open it and they absolutely shit themselves. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. So um yeah, so then on top of that we've obviously got Hugh's um black cap and Argentina top, which is a very interesting combination. And Marty, your your top is James, baby. It's blurred. Why is it blurred? No, oh, because you're too close. So hurricanes. Um, so obviously an original, yeah, not not one of these like bought ones. That's that's one one of your original ones from back in the day when you were playing, yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's not that old. It's not that new either. <laughs> It was Which, a lot, but that's all I can say. Rugby heaven had a decent shirt for a decent price, so I went for it. Mark, do you know who owns the Hurricanes? New Zealand? No. Y11. Oh, oh they're the partnership, aren't they? Yeah, they're so, yeah, The Hurricanes are the official partners of the Ospreys. Mm. Did you see this week where Cardiff put their announcement Scarlet's out? Scarlet's pod, guys. Scarlet's pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so Cardiff put their announcement out. They said that there's significant money coming into the club, and then they had to put in that it was coming from a source that was non-rugby related, just to kill any Y11 uh, rumours. So I, I thought that was good. You doesn't matter how many times you do something, somebody will always go. You merge in with the Ospreys, there, boys. <laughs> I think it might be so. Right, let's. Uh, Let's talk rugby, boys. Let's talk rugby. So, uh, what rugby have we got this week? Uh, yeah, thoughts on the Rugby World Cup in general to start with, Martin? Just how, are you up for it? Is it capturing you yet? Um, I'm not quite in the mood yet. It'll probably take me, you know, a few more days. You know, wait till that Friday kicks in. And, you know, the, like 7 o'clock will come, I'll turn the TV on and then I'll just go 0 to 100 in a second and I'll just start bouncing. Have you uh, agreed remote control and and things yet? Have you, have you got it written in a contract somewhere about having control of the remote for the next month and a half? Uh, I'm being locked away in a room. I don't know what room I've got yet, but I know I've got a room on my own. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> cool. What about you, Hugh? Are you, are you up for the World Cup yet? I think I'll, I think I'll peak at excitement because the first game. Obviously, on Friday night, I think when the All Blacks go Woo! like that at the beginning of the hacker, I think that's when I'll be bang up for it. Um, yeah. I think because because I'm now a, a, an official rugby broadcaster with your good selves, <laughs> um, I, I I have entitlement to the remote. I have to watch this, dear. I, I have to watch this, otherwise I won't be informed for my podcasts. So there you go. I think that's a good angle to go at because. Uh... I still haven't broached the subject yet. It's I I'm on the point of having to get a new television tomorrow because my one just keeps the, the picture keeps going black halfway through uh, for for no reason at all. No, it doesn't you don't change channels, you don't do it. So yeah, having to change televisions and get possibly a bigger one, possibly a better one. Two days before the World Cup starts, um, why are we doing that? And I've just upgraded the Wi-Fi and the broadband as well 
two days before <laughs> the World Cup starts. Why are we doing that? Like, well, this is, you know, so I haven't quite put all of the dots together yet, but I'm fairly sure that I will. So, so I've, uh, I've got a question for you both. Are you going to watch it on ITV or S4C? Are all games on S4C? They're just Wales games on S4C. Wales, Wales and I think no, I think one other game. I th- I'm fairly sure that France All Blacks is on S4C. Yeah, I think that's classed as part of the opening ceremony, isn't it? Because it comes straight after the opening ceremony or something like that. So I think that's why it's on. I'll certainly be watching Wales games on S4C because I've seen some of the commentary team for. Uh, <laughs> You know, and anyone that's listened to us in the past will know that I've got certain issues with with certain um, commentators who give one word commentary and summarise the game. That was good. Uh, and what about the opposition? Yeah, they were poor. Uh, so yeah, that's to me that's not a summary. And that individual put their podcast out this week, and they do it with someone else. <laughs> I'm not going to say because he's sensitive as hell. And he'll just be on my case. I commented on something that his co-commentator was on, yeah. Um, and I was praising up his co-commentator, and I made a very small snide comment that was, "You'd be better on your own." <laughs> and oh my god, he just gave me grief for like two hours solid on Twitter. So yeah, so they put like a World Cup podcast out this week and his co-commentator go great to be back doing this this is fantastic loving it france is amazing look at this is and, and i swear to god his comment under that was it's nice <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> can't even be asked to make an effort on twitter come on man so yeah that was my thing so yeah i think i'll i'll, I'll watch whatever i can on S4C, um, but specifically because of, of, of that issue that I've got, what I am doing with some of our sister pods, and at some point I'm going to probably invite you guys onto it as well. So I'm going to be doing a YouTube live watch along. Yeah. We like imagine, imagine like we're talking now. Yeah. But we're all watching the game. So instead of saying our whales doing our Fiji, you've got the game on in the background and you're going like, oh, come on, referee. What the hell are you thinking of? And then you'll have people commenting and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll just be on in the background. So if you don't want to listen to certain commentators, you can listen to us whittering away at the game and shouting and all that kind of stuff. And it'll be like having a couple of mates in the room. So so I shall be doing that through through the World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I can't see that going you know. down too well. I think you'd be reposting it every five minutes or every thirty <laughs> seconds, knowing you. Like, you know, one one, one word down. One word down. Yeah, I'm not a good watcher. I if if I'm watching someone who's not Wales, I'll be perfectly my normal self. But if I'm watching Wales, you're there like that. <laughs> see, I'm I'm the other way. I've got to I might put be sc- with a pillow there. Like that. Uh, no, I've got to put <laughs> screens up in front of their telly and all sorts. So. <laughs> We we just bought a reclining sofa just before um, uh, I came out of hospital, and so I, I came out on of hospital on the day Wales were playing England, and I was you know a bit slow walking and all that kind of stuff. 
So I'm in the recliner and quite far back, and it's virtually bed-like. I'm watching the game, and somebody did something. And I'm like, ah, I've got what the fuck? And I'm trying to grab hold of my slipper to throw it at the telly because I couldn't get the bloody chair forward fast enough. And my wife's like, is everything okay? Everything, what's, what's my life? Oh, he had a two-on-one and he bloody didn't give I mean, what the hell's going on? And my wife's like, you're out of hospital an hour. Yeah, an hour. And you're already screaming at the telly. It was so, um, yeah, I got to put a screen up. The dogs hide behind the sofa. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I watch. I'm not allowed glass. <laughs> my wife, <laughs> my wife gives me a plastic glass now to watch Wales games. So, uh, yeah, could be interesting. Could be interesting. But we'll we'll post that. So let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Sunday afternoon, Wales Fiji. Interesting news today with Fiji's outside half is is out of the game. But pretty much Fiji's forwards are where where they're dominant. So Martin, give us a give us a, an idea of the forwards battle on on Sunday and what can we expect? Give you know, an idea, right? So it's all, it's always awkward to give an idea of anything when you don't know the team sheet. But just looking through their squad and uh, who will attest to this? He's done a nice little write up on Fiji um, elsewhere, but uh, you know. Their forwards over the last probably two years, the, the, the development they've had has, has been unreal. You know, they've gone from a team that basically lives off scraps and lives off, you know, returning ball to being able to retain their own possession. Their set piece has been developing massively. You just need to look at the Fijian Drua who are contributing, you know, a massive chunk of this squad to know. They're going to be holding their own line out and they're going to be running at everybody. Like, they are so interchangeable. I mean, the front row aside, I think everyone can play everywhere. It's just typical of Fiji teams. So it's it's going to be hard for I'm expecting, well, I say I'm expecting, but every time I say I know, I think I know something Gatlin's going to do, he goes the opposite way. So uh, I, I was expecting to see at least two sevens you know, in our back row, because if you watch the, the France-Fiji game from a few weeks ago, that's something that France did massively well against, and they cut them off at source in the in the, in the the ruck. They jackaled, they won possession, they stopped them dead. And I think that's going to be a key battle in the forwards. We're going to need to slow them down in the ruck at, at the least, and if not, get some key turnovers and penalties. And that's how the game is. It's going to go where the forwards are concerned. It's going to be you know, tackle massive contests at the ruck because I, I think that's the only thing Wales can do to try and negate what Fiji have to offer. So where do you see the Welsh strengths in the forwards then? Where, where, where can we do some damage in the forwards? I think our, our biggest bet is probably, you know, back row. And, mm. you know, even without Palata, we, I know we... The, it's come out to say that everybody's fully fit. I, I don't believe that he's, he's fit or definitely not capable of starting this game. I, I think we need the likes of Basher, Morgan and Revel, you know, or maybe not, you know, starting. You know, three sevens, we've been down that road before. It doesn't always work. But definitely in the team just to really contest everything and, uh, you know, offer that extra bit of support. I mean, 
we we need big ball carriers. We don't have them. And you know, Basham probably is either our best or second best ball carrier in the forwards for me. Probably Rowlands maybe does one better. I'm not including Dewey Lake in that because, again, I don't think he's 100% fit. But of the boys, I think, would be selected in that eight for Sunday. I, I, I'd expect, you know, Will Rowlands and Basham to do a, a hell of a lot of work. Hmm. So what do you make of, of Gatlin's comments around bringing the, the water break back on, on 20 minutes? We Gatlin said about, um, you know, they, they, the, the Welsh forwards in particular are prepped for hot games. They're prepped, their fitness, they were, you know, we've seen the, the work that have been done on fitness over the last kind of six, eight weeks. So... Do you think that's where Gatlin's going? Do you know what? That that's probably where we're going to take them. We're going to have to stick with them for sixty minutes and and move them around, and then those last twenty will will genuinely do something. Then it's very typical, especially of a World Cup Gatlin team. They're always extremely fit, and you know they try to just basically keep it close for as long as they can, like you've just said. And you know, I I don't. Get why comment on the water breaks at all? I mean, it's it's a health issue, it's a safety issue. So why say, oh, we don't want them? Well, it's it's not exactly your choice. So why make a comment on it? But yeah, he does he does like his fitness. I mean, I think I, I'm not a big fan of Gatland. You know, any, anyone who knows me will know I'm I've never been a fan of his. You know, even going back to his early days with Ireland, and. He could prepare a really good team for, you know, rugby circa 2015, 2017. But that doesn't translate into the way the rugby world works at the minute. And I, I think we're going to be found wanting massively, especially when it comes to the, the attacking side of the game. OK, so Hugh, what, what, what did you make of Gatman's comments for that? And are we going to... Do anything in the backs differently to the forwards? Let's assume that the forwards are giving us a, a, a little bit of ball. Are, are we capable of doing any damage in the backs? I think we are capable. I'm interested to see in the backs whether he goes for, he starts um, bigger or he looks to bring bigger off the bench. I think bigger is the, the key one, but it's just a question of whether he goes back to what he was doing with Anscombe previously with having the more attacking 10 start and then uh, Biggs coming off the bench to, to close the game out. Um, that's what I would prefer to see. I'd prefer to see Costello starting and Bigger off the bench. Um, but I don't know. He might decide to play it safe. Um, obviously, Fiji been rocked by their news of Caleb Munts being um, injured. Uh, he's completely out of the World Cup, which is devastating for them. Devastating for him as well. He He had completely nailed the brief of what that uh, Fiji 10 needs to do. You don't need to be the one making the line breaks. You don't need to be the one doing the sidesteps. It's get the ball to these incredible players outside you, kick to touch and kick your goals. And he he understood that perfectly. So the guy they're going to bring in, probably, um, I don't think Volo Volo has been called up. So it's going to be, uh, Teller will be in at 10 for them. He's been playing for the Drua nearly all year. He's been playing more games for the Drua than Munts has. Um, and he's got already got the relationship with all the scrum halves and all the centers and everything. So from a cohesion point of view, I don't think they lose anything. Um, but he has got barely any minutes in the warm-up. So it tells me that the coach was putting all his money on months. Um, so that's that's a bit of a shame. Um, 
beyond 10, I think, uh, sorry, before I go beyond 10, I'll say, I think we have a clear advantage at scrum half. I think whether we go Gareth Davis or Thomas Williams, um, the box kicking will be better. And I think they both offer more of a threat around as well. Um, I don't know, in the centres and wingers, that that's Fiji's bread and butter. I got to spend some time with some Fijians a, a couple of weeks ago and you meet them and you go, uh, you play rugby? And they go, yeah. I go, where do you play? He's centre. Okay. Uh, hi, do you play rugby? Yeah, where do you play? I play in the centre. All right. I play in the centre as well. Okay. Right. I, I see. So I think they'll probably play a whole back line of centres. Um, it'll be interesting for me to see whether Rajraja keeps his place or if um, Josh Tuisova comes back in. Nyasalevi, we know, is nailed on because he's the captain. Um, and Roberto Marder and Habosi on the wings, for me, you can't drop. So it's interesting to see if they move Roberto Marder back to 15, maybe, to shoehorn in Tuisova. Um, or, and keep Radraja, or, you know, they play something a bit more normal, as normal as Virginian backlines can be in a good way. Um, I think whether we, um, go for Liam Williams, which I expect we will, or he goes for half penny. I think we'll have an advantage at fullback um, from a tactical point of view. I don't think any nation in the world has got centres as good as Fiji um, at the moment. I think they're, they're terrifying, so they're the ones who scare me. Um, I think our, our wingers are as good as theirs, though. So I think we're going to have an advantage at half back, but we're going to have a disadvantage in the centres. I'm Kind of same questions I asked Martin at the forward. So, where do we beat them then? How how do we take the team that we put out, and how do we beat them in the backs? So let's assume we're getting ball and we're going forward. You know, we've seen them, you know, snap goalposts enough sort of thing with with, with their tackling. How do we get around the outside? You know, what what are you expecting from Wales to actually put more tries on the board than Fiji put on the board for us? It'll be um, very normal Warren ball, I think. Uh, some people don't like that phrase, but I think it'll be kicks. I think it'll be uh, trying to dominate in contact. I think we'll, uh, reading Catlin's comments here, they'll keep the ball in play. Um, Wales will keep the ball in play as much as possible, try to tire Fiji out. Um, I think, like I say, it, it'll be box kicking, long kicking. It'll be kick chase, putting pressure on them in the air. Um, which I think it is doable. I think that is, a, you know, people won't like it. People will say it's boring, but I think it will work. Uh, and at the end of the day, what matters is that we win the game. It doesn't matter if we win 3-0 or 13-0. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect us to go... At that, we're not we're not going to be going round. I don't think we're going to be going over or through. Mm. So, yeah, and um, I've got pretty much the same idea that, you know, I think, I, th- I still think Fiji are vulnerable in the last 20 minutes of the game I think a lot of that 20 minutes that lo- those last 20 minutes uh, you know if they're close England. <laughs> well yeah but that's it if they're close and you've got that bit of adrenaline then yeah they can run that adrenaline into the ground but if they're out of the game by then then they do start to kind of fall apart they fall back onto the old ways not as badly as they used to but they certainly uh, almost an air of desperation, you know, we have to do something and, and, and this, that and the other. So I think, yeah, the, t- the tactic from Wales, again, I'm not a fan of Warren Ball either, but I can see right from the start, the ball coming down with snow on it 
and it's just pressure, pressure, pressure. I can, I can honestly see, and I, I don't want to, but I can see bigger starting purely to go, right, okay, we're going that corner, that corner, that corner, up in the air, left, right, up, you know, and really forcing the back three as far back as we possibly can and say keeping the ball on the pitch and really putting pressure on their back three. I think our wingers, we will probably see more of our wingers in chasing the ball than any any time we've got possession, our wingers will be flat and they will be chasing the ball constantly and just putting pressure on the Fiji back three with the idea of, you know, you have to push people back. You have to push people back. And if Fiji want to score tries against us, they're going to have to do it from their own 22. I think that's the tactics that we're going to go with to knacker them out, frustrate them, get them to lose a bit of discipline and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, really put them under pressure. I think France put them under pressure and they held themselves together. But France were trying to play a similar game to Fiji. They were trying to play a game through the centre. They were trying to play a game with the wings. And, you know, they weren't putting Fiji in a position where they were uncomfortable with a game being played around them. You know, they, yeah. France were trying to play Fiji at being Fiji sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that's where the tactical game can be won. And it'll be boring as hell, like you say. And I, I think I best get some soft slippers to to throw at the telly or something. Because, yeah, um, it'll be frustrating. It'll be boring. But if it's a 3-0 win at the end of the game, it's a 3-0 win. And I don't yeah. think I'd care. Something France also did in their game was they took kicks at goal constantly. So um, the scoreline, I think, France scored 34 points, but they only scored three tries, um, which is still, you know, plenty. But they, I think they were something like 9-0 up after the first 12 minutes or something like that. So I think I would just expect to see Wales do that as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see us take a drop goal. Just keep the, just keep the scoreboard and make them look at the scoreboard and go, oh, yeah, how do we get... How did they score 12 points? They've done nothing, but they've got 12 points on us. I think that that's just, you've got to grind them down. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, Martin, let's get a uh, can Wales win. And what's your score prediction for Wales-Fiji this weekend, and my friend? Oof. Yeah, Wales can win. You know, it's, it's, it's a I game at the end of the day. Any no messing point. around this, straight in. Can it? Yeah, Wales can win. See, now that's commitment, that is. So he's either been drinking or that's proper commitment. Yeah, no point beating around the bush. It's yes or no. I'm I'm comfortable with saying yes. Uh, Scoreline, that's a little bit more difficult. I'll probably go something like 21-19 and all our points will be from the boot. Certainly if half pennies playing, yeah, it'll all be from the boot. Hugh, can Wales win? Scoreline prediction? Absolutely, Wales can win. Months being out helps a lot. Um, it's funny, you know, uh, the whole build-up to this game has been obsessing about the 2007 game from all the media. I mean, <laughs> if you compare it to, like, the English media has been going, like, Balthwick's written off, um, England players are ready to show everybody's wrong, etc., etc. Um, whereas I'm re- looking at for my sins, I'm looking at Wales online now and they're saying, Welsh rugby's darkest day, the men who inflicted it and the remarkable aftermath after their careers ended. Like, so that, that shows kind of the differences between the two medias. Um, 
But since 2007, we haven't lost to Fiji. Um, and that includes three World Cups. So history is, as much as people wouldn't like to say it, on our side. We can win, and I think we will win, but it won't be pretty. But it doesn't, I don't care. I, all I care about <laughs> is winning. So your scoreline prediction would be? I'm going to go 23-16 to Wales. Cool. So I am going to predict the Welsh win as well. And I think we'll see people like Mason Grady trundling down the 910 channel. And I think we'll be doing everything we can to hit that 910 channel and possibly the 1012 channel. But I, I'd go 910 <laughs> if I had an option to run at the 9 and the 10 or the 10 and the 12. I'd probably take the first option um, just to kind of batter them in a place where I think they're weakest. Um, and you put that in with, you know, then you're kicking the ball back into their 22. I just think Fiji are going to get more frustrated than Wales and they'll get more frustrated quicker. Uh, and I think that'll be the key to the win. Um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting an exciting game. I'm expecting me to get through about four tubes of Pringles, which is I usually have one tube for the first half, one tube for the second half, and I can judge the game on how many tubes of Pringles I get through. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a Wales win. I think it'll be quite a a, a tight, boring game, and it'll be 15-9 to Wales. I don't think it'll be hard. I think Fiji are going to try and run some amazing tries in, and just not not really get as far as they usually do. And I think Wales will just kick them and kick them and kick them and kick them. So 15-10, Fiji get one try and a penalty. There you go, 15-10 to Wales. So that's our prediction for the first game, gents. So we're, we're all done with that. It's there now. We can't go back on it. We shall come back next week and review it. And, uh, oh, Jesus, yeah. Anybody else nervous about the World Cup in general? I, I'm nowhere no, no. near as comfortable as I was for the last one. I'm quite I'm, nervous. Yeah, really I'm good for the I'm, last one. I'm really the opposite. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy either way. If Wales go through it, brilliant. If Wales don't go through it, that means our Scarlet's bodies will be fresh or coming back. So I'm happy either way. What about you, Hugh? Uh, uh, we've got a very favourable draw. So, <laughs> so Fiji. Yeah, so do Fiji. <laughs> um, Fiji's games, Fiji's games are a nightmare. Though they got us, then Australia. If they lose two of those, that's it. That's the tournament over. Yeah. Um, whereas we we will have the chance to go again. Mm. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Okay, so Martin touched on Scarlets uh, there briefly. So we have had a little bit of Scarlets action over the last couple of weeks, albeit under 18s. So Martin, bring us up to date on where the under 18s are, my friend. Yeah, well, it's the uh, start of the year, and it's it's more more along the lines of you know solidifying that under 18s team, doing the extra ID processes, giving the boys game time. So they've had four games in this block. Uh, we've already spoken about the, the first three, you know, Saracens, Dragons and Cardiff, all nice, big, comfortable wins, which, you know, if you didn't spoke to anybody, you know, February, March, this time earlier in the year, they probably wouldn't have thought that much, especially uh, 
especially you, Lee. I can say that much with a big smile <laughs> on your face. <laughs> but, yep. uh, yeah. you know, final one up, uh, when was it, last Wednesday now? So we're coming up to a week ago. And, you know, Osprey's the big one to round everything off. And, you know, things just really didn't go to plan. You know, I think we've been scoring, what, 30, 40, 50 points in those first three games. And, you know, half-time came and, you know, 17 nil down. It was like, you know, massive shock to the system. And I, I really don't know what was said at half-time, but, you know, I, I wish I was there in that little huddle to hear what was going on because the boys came out and they absolutely smashed their fair play to them. And they literally, they ground out the rest of the game. You know, next 15, 20 minutes, they fought themselves back into it, got within a score, and then last 10 minutes, they ran in three tries to make it 33-17. So it looked a lot more comfortable than what it was, but there was a lot of heart and a lot of determination shown in that game by the boys. Yeah, and the, the, the transformation from this year to last year has been massive. And, uh, you know, we know a lot of stuff's gone on in the background to correct a lot of the stuff that was wrong last year. And fair play to the to the guys that are doing it now. That, uh, yeah, some fantastic score lines coming up. Haven't they still got RGC? I haven't seen them play RGC yet. No, um, I haven't had any confirmation of any fixtures. Like, I, I've been in touch with the Scarlet's comms and they, they, well, as far as I know, they said they've done now till the rag starts up in late December, January time. Yeah, so that's when they'll play four and four, isn't it? They'll, they'll play four home, uh, all, all four regions, all four the other regions. So they'll play RGC, Cardiff, Dragons and the Ospreys and then they'll be return fixtures and stuff. So, yeah, this is more of a warm-up and selection in it yeah i'm getting ahead of myself i was getting all excited i see i was seeing that the score lines coming in and going yeah this is this is where we were expecting to be last year you know so cool good 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 and no other scarlet's news this week or the only scarlet's news i've seen is shingler uh signing up to play barbarians um and i think that i'm expecting rob evans to turn out for the barbarians as well because he's done it once, so, so I would kind of expect him to do it again, wouldn't you? Have you heard anything else? Uh, you know, I, I think he'd, uh, I think he'd love the opportunity. You know, uh, nothing would scream more. I mean, I, I think he's still more than capable of doing a job in our squad. You know, I, I, I thought at the time, you know, we we were making a mistake to let him go. I think the Dragons have definitely made a massive mistake letting him go, but uh, you know. Seeing him back at the park would would be lovely, but you know, also seeing him turn up Alfred West would be just the same. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't touched base with Alfred West yet to see if uh, if he did play. I haven't seen a team sheet or anything. Uh, I, the one criticism I've got of Alfred West is their social media is is not great. <laughs> and oh. uh, come on, they, Lee, they, be positive, man. Come on, no, they, they, that, happy. that means you can slag him off as much as you want. They won't come back to you. <laughs> No, the the women's team um is absolutely fantastic. The, the the women's team they put the fixtures out, they put the um the team list out, they put the uh, the celebrations after, the game photos, the game reports, all of this kind of stuff, and it goes on the same social media channel as the men's. So you'll see like a final score pop up, and you go, ah, oh, great, okay, I'll ask the women. I know it's on Sunday and stuff, but yeah. So anyway, I haven't seen if Rob was actually playing last week. But we shall find out. So that gives us a handy introduction 
into the community game. So we, uh, as promised previously, we, we're going to split the pod now. So let's, we're going to, we're going to end. We're going to end this one, and then we, we'll there'll be two little bits. So if you're if you're from the east. It's not your fault. Don't worry. Someone's got to. Um, you you can listen to Martin Sossman Central with Hugh. And if you're obviously Westerer is besterer, then that'll be me and Martin later. So, yeah. What I will say before we, we split into uh, East and West. So we had two bits of feedback, both related <laughs> to the community game last week after last week's show. Yeah. So... One of them, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, I'll be honest, uh, really wasn't happy that we, we got something wrong with Division 1 West or something like that. Your, your information's out of date, you guys are completely useless and this, that and the other. Yeah, um, Call yourself a podcast. So um, let's be fair, we're dealing with 62 teams, I think it was, we counted last week. We don't know the ins and outs of every single team in the area. We've got a, you know, we're building up our knowledge and our experience of all of the teams, but we're making the effort to go out to speak to teams and we're making the effort to go out and touch base with teams. And if somebody wants to come on and correct us about something, got no problems about that at all. So the second bit of feedback I had was from the Gwilly Warriors. So we said last week about um, within mixed ability, they wear different colour shorts. So we said, actually, boys, we, we, we don't wear different colour shorts. It, it's an option that people have. Some teams do, some teams don't. I'd be happy to explain it to you. So guess who we're talking to on the pod in the coming weeks? <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking to the guys that are going, hey, do you know what? We can I can help you out on this. I can fill in a bit of your gap of knowledge. And actually, um, I'm hopefully I should be speaking to um, the Warriors and the Vikings after their match on Sunday. It's apparently it's a fantastic match on Sunday. It was a lovely day for it. So I should be speaking to both of them about mixed ability rugby and what it means to to everybody um, in the coming future. So the moral of the story before we split into East and West is: if you've got a problem with us, then come on and and and. You know, help us get to know some of the clubs that we don't know. Because, uh, you know, for the love of God, I could not name 62 clubs start to finish if they weren't written down in front of me. And I can give you an idea of, you know, the last time I played there or, you know, some of the media reports, we don't have encyclopedic knowledge over every single club in our region. So if you are listening and you're from a club and you want to come on, whether you're a player, a coach, a supporter, a committee man. So this week, Martin's done a really cracking interview with uh, Gareth from Llandovery. Uh, um, so I and that really gave us a good insight into the the, the workings of Llandovery. So that's available on Softband Central if anybody wants to have a listen to it. So yeah, if if you are sitting there and going, why doesn't my club ever get any coverage or they got this wrong and all of that kind of stuff? Get in touch, drop us a line, and we will happily have you on. So with that in mind, gents, okay, so that's that's, that's the Scarlet's pod wrapped up. So I'm going to say farewell. We shall catch up again next week after the Fiji game, and we shall do this all again. So for now, farewell and enjoy your rugby, gents. Bye, Lee. Nice seeing you now. Cheerio. Bye. 
for listening to this week's show. Please subscribe and share as it really helps to grow the Scarlet family. You can contact us in all the usual social media platforms or on scarletspems at gmail.com. Join us again next week for more of the same. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.